Blog Talk Radio. Welcome aboard to another balanced Easter weekend, final four weekend. It'll all be determined this weekend on who goes to the number one slot in the championship slot. We'll talk about the brackets. We'll break down the final four, how we got here, and the journey that we had to get here through NCAA March Madness. It's back. It's returned. And so glad for that. And it certainly was good to see that happen and unfold here in Indianapolis. We're located high atop the Ballad Studios in the west suburbs of Indianapolis, Indiana. Also going to be talking about some uh, recent uh, uh, college uh, coach news as well. We're going to be talking with all of that with Tony Donahue from the Tony D Podcast. And uh, then coming up, we've got Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles and SI.com and our official NFL contributor going to be talking a lot about the Eagles and what they, they did in this offseason and how they're preparing for the draft and certainly some things that they, they did in the in the free agent world and it certainly ended up big for them uh, for the draft. So we'll be talking about that. My name is Tom Marquez, 889-917-889-8516 is our digits. We'll be right back. Stick around. It's about to get good. component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family, so the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be confusing. Like Swedish techno confusing. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Dance with me, purple cow. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Ooh, you lovely cow. Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to Geico.com and you can save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike... You know, dance with me, purple cow. I like your mood. 
When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be hard. Like early 90s heavy metal hard. I'm yelling and screaming and I'm loud. Roar. Geico makes it easy. You can review and update your policy or report a claim on Geico.com or the Geico mobile app. Because shouldn't we all have a little less stress in our lives? I'm not even upset about anything. Morning face. You get is when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, what is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Run! No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got it's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA Sultan mattresses. IKEA. Love your home. Oh, hi. Uh, hey. I've seen on the board, do you guys have Black Rifle coffee here? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. We only carry good small batch coffee here. Well, it is great small batch coffee. Well, that really can't be unless it's fresh roasted, so I don't, you know. Well, it is fresh roasted. I don't, I don't think you know what that means. You know what this is? This is Masa Le Piquet, which of course in the Indonesian language, oh, let me finish, in the Indonesian language, it's weasel coffee. You just made that up. No, it's been passed through their digestive tract. That's disgusting. And then it's nature's wet processing. Yeah, but is it good? I mean, it's all right. Are they investor philanthropists? Do they support good causes? Yeah, tons of causes. Veterans causes and first responder causes, but it doesn't matter because they make good coffee. So that's what I'm wondering. Do you have any? You know what, actually, I'm, I'm just gonna order it. They make it fresh and roasted. Okay. Right. Black Rifle Coffee. It's good. Party, I don't wanna be at, and I don't ever wear a suit and tie. I, wondering if I could sneak up the back. Nobody's even looking me in my eye. Can you take my hand, finish my drink, say, shall we dance? Hell yeah, you know I love you. Did I ever? T- Welcome back to The Balance. It helps if I turn on my microphone. I, I guess for the last minute, minute and a half, I was talking to myself. 917-889-8516 is our digits. We're standing by for Tony Donahue from the Tony D Podcast. is going to be joining us and talking with us about the brackets. The Final Four obviously starts today, this weekend here in Indianapolis. Number two, Houston taking on number one, Baylor. This is going to be a great matchup between the Houston Cougars and the Baylor Bears. I know a lot of people had Houston going all the way. I had Houston uh, going all the way in a couple of my brackets, so fingers crossed there. And then later on this evening, UCLA Bruins and the number one Gonzaga uh, Bulldogs, man, we saw this happening. We saw this happening all year long, uh, which is why Gonzaga is the number one favorite, the number one bracket, uh, if you will, to win 
it all uh, and go all the way uh, to a national championship, which will obviously be held here in Indianapolis on Monday. Uh, at 9 o'clock at night. So we'll see when that happens. Will it be uh, Houston or Baylor or UCLA and Gonzaga? We'll get into that conversation. Uh, and we're also going to be talking to some uh, college football, I mean, sorry, college basketball coaching changes. Obviously, Mike Woodson uh, uh, is picked up here in Indiana. So we'll talk about him, certainly former Bobby Knight player. Joining us now, Tony Donahue of the Tony D Podcast. Tony, happy Final Four weekend to you, sir. Well, it's finally here, so uh, it's exciting, that's for sure. I tell you what, I, I, you know, we only saw one issue, uh, at least so far, knock on wood, it's not over yet, but we only saw one issue uh, that was COVID-related that prevented anybody from playing. Obviously, that helped in advancing Oregon, I believe it was, uh, to to the, the second round, but we only – saw one incident, knock on wood again, that that has not happened. So still got to get uh, through today and Monday. Uh, but uh, what are your thoughts on how that was all come together and how, how the NCAA March Madness handled the, the whole COVID thing? And, the, and, and it just, just was great to see uh, them get it in. Yeah, you know, and, and, and there was so many questions, as you mentioned, going in, like, okay, when they bubble, how are the students going to be? And just saw some things, especially women's side that you know obviously needs to be addressed and adjusted but at the end of the day like you said yeah everybody pretty much got through um besides vcu which was fortunate for them but um you know you're not out of the clear yet but it, it, it just it seems like you know every everybody learned from the nba and their bubble that they did i think and i think that helped pretty much this entire ncaa tournament process uh you know to make sure that everybody was safe, to make sure that everybody got what they needed done. Um, and, you know, kudos to everybody involved. And, and I, I think it speaks volumes that a lot of these coaches, Jay Wright comes to mind at Villanova, McDermott at Creighton, you know, and, you know, even though they lost and their, and their season was done, they took the time to, to thank the city of Indianapolis, took the time to, uh, to give kudos to everybody that was involved in putting this together because, as you know, I mean, it, it, it took a hell of a lot of people to pull this off. And uh, as of right now, it looks like they're going to do that. Well, I tell you what, I, you know, I'm always proud of Indianapolis to live here in Indianapolis, proud of it as we're coming up in, in the month of May. We're, maybe we'll have some time to talk IndyCar today, but it looks like that's going to be uh, going in full force. Roger Pinsky, owner of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, uh, said that he certainly anticipates a great uh, turnout in the return of the Indianapolis 500. So Indianapolis has got some very exciting things coming on in the future, and they did a great job uh, this weekend. So how are your brackets, sir? Are they intact? You know, I thought for the first time in my life I was going to have all four teams into the Final Four. I had Houston. I had Baylor. I had Gonzaga. And it came down to that very last game, and UCLA upsets Michigan. So three for four, not bad. Same with my women's bracket. The only team that I didn't get in from the women's side was I had, of course, IU being 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 the Indiana homer here. I had them beating and getting in. Uh, but <laughs> in that part. Um, but Arizona proved last night that that wasn't a fluke uh, with the win and the women. So bracket still looks good. Had a couple upsets. Um, had a couple upsets that I thought were going to happen that didn't. So uh, overall, pretty good. And uh, you know, it's just it's it, it's been fun. It's, the, the, this tournament's always fun. You learn some teams and some players that you never knew that you would know or love. Um, 
and and just the just the fun that we've seen on social media these kids having and and being able to go out and do things and um just getting this done as we talked about you know, let's kind of talk about the Final Four. Let's start with Gonzaga. Obviously, that's the, the fan favorite. We've seen this coming all season long. We've talked about it on this show. Uh, Gonzaga is just a beast. Uh, and certainly, they take on UCLA. Nothing against UCLA. They certainly earn their right in the, the Final Four. But let's kind of talk about their journey here through the month of March. Obviously, no problems with Norfolk State. Uh, a little bit of a struggle with Oklahoma. Uh, a great game with Creighton, even though they didn't so so show it on the uh, scoreboard. But it was a lot of great. Uh, I think I thought Creighton played a great um, bracket, if you will, and, and to get beat by Gonzaga in in the final step in the Sweet 16. I, I mean, hats off to the Blue Jays there. What do you thought about the, the about Gonzaga uh, getting to the Final Four in their journey? Obviously, uh, they they had to do battle with. Uh, with USC as well to get to the Final Four. Uh, but what are your thoughts on their journey to the um, Final Four? Yeah, I mean, I think, we, like you said, we knew going in. Like, we knew that this was the team to beat. And um, what I would say to that is, you know, my question with that team going in was how are they going to perform against, you know, quote-unquote power six conferences? You know, Oklahoma was a, was a game that I thought, okay, Oklahoma's got scores. They've got, they've got the ability to beat you in numerous ways. Um, and, you know, Gonzaga just kind of rolled through them. And then Creighton, they rolled through. And then USC, they rolled through. So, I mean, they're just beating teams. Like, they're not – I mean, Tom, they're not just letting them hang around. They're beating teams down. They're scoring points, and they're beating teams down. And, um, you know, I have thought to Gonzaga, you know, Mark Few, the coach of the year, as we know, um, and looking forward to seeing what they can do. I mean, UCLA, it's a tough matchup. Look, everybody's going to say, oh, UCLA is the 11th seed. They shouldn't be there. They've gotten lucky, yada, yada, yada. But, man, Tom, at the end of the day, there's a reason why they're in the Final Four. They're hot, and you can never underestimate a hot team. Now, do I think they're going to win and pull it off? No. But I think they're going to give UCLA – they're going to give – UCLA is going to give Gonzaga a little bit – a little bit more run for their money than what maybe people think. Well, let's, let's uh, uh, rewind and look at, at that game against Michigan. I mean, that came down to it. It was a barn burner, if you will. If there was any barn burners in, in this Final Four uh, journey, uh, but UCLA and Michigan, and as you mentioned, they got hot, and Michigan was hot themselves. Yeah, I mean, look at UCLA's journey. I mean, the, you know, you got to play yourself in, in, in the tournament with the 11th team. You go to overtime with a Michigan State team that you and I talked about over the last couple of weeks has started to find its groove. You survived that. You know, you, you, you take Michigan down to the wire. UCLA is a battle-tested team. I mean, everybody slept on the Pac-12. Nobody talked about the Pac-12. And at the end of the day, they were playing grinded-out type NCAA tournament games almost every night where it's going to come down to the wire. You're on the road in an environment you're not used to. Things are different. That's exactly what it came down to in a lot of these UCLA games. And they're hot right now. So, again, do I think that they're going to pull it off? No. But you can't underestimate um, a hot team like this and, and, and what they're capable of doing. 
talking about two other hot teams. And I tell you what, this is going to be the matchup of the day right here, the first game uh, here in Indianapolis today. And that's the number two, Houston Cougars, and the number one, Baylor Bears. It does not get any better than this, especially when you look at the matchup. It could go either way. I personally have Houston going all the way in a couple of my brackets. Uh, but uh, and, and I have Baylor going deep as well. Uh, what are your thoughts on this matchup between Houston and Baylor? Well, I've, I've talked about Houston on this show so many times with you over the course of the season. Uh, sure. They're a, great, they're a great basketball team. They're a team that um, can beat you in so many ways. Everybody thought Quentin Grimes was, was the guy to, that you got to stop in a tournament, but Dejan Giroux has played well. Uh, Grimes is obviously a great player. Gresham is right there. Um, you know, Sasser, Marcus Sasser had a hell of a game to get them into the Final Four. Uh, this is just a team that that can can beat you in so many ways and can can knock you out of your tempo, can knock you out of the rhythm. They are the best offensive rebounding team in the country, which which gives them an advantage. Tom, they they rebound forty four percent of their own shots. Think about that. Almost half of their misses, they are they are getting second chance opportunities. And the things that will beat you in in March in college basketball, missed free throws, offensive rebounds and turnovers, and this is a team that is great for the free throw line, um, can turn you over, and they absolutely crash the glass on the offensive side of the ball, and that just puts everybody out of rhythm. So uh, can't wait to see this game tonight. I think Baylor is a high-flying team, great scoring punch. Um, They can shoot. They can score. This game could play into the mid-'80s, I think, Um, and I'm absolutely looking forward to the battle because – um, it, that's probably the better game of the night unless UCLA, like you said, stays hot, which is, which is still possible. But, yeah, I'm looking forward to this first one as uh, Houston takes on Baylor. It should be – you know, I, I'm excited to be one of the best games we've seen throughout the tournament. You know, we're talking about teams as we see throughout the tournament. Let's talk about some of these other teams that aren't playing today, but certainly had a great journey. And one of those teams is Arkansas Razorbacks. Uh, Certainly made it all the way to the Elite Eight before getting beat out by Baylor. Uh, Talk with us about uh, uh, the the Arkansas Razorbacks. Man, they got on fire there early. Yeah, Arkansas is a team that, you know, everybody questions the Pac-12, right? And, you know, are they battle tested? Are they going to be able to do this and do that and do this? My question was with the SEC. You know, Tennessee hadn't really impressed me down the stretch. Obviously, they lose first round to Oregon State. Florida got a win in that 7-10 game and then got bounced. Um, Alabama was a team that made it to the Elite Eight that I thought, or maybe the Sweet – I think they made it to the Sweet 16 that I thought was was a little overrated, uh, which they they obviously proved. Um, But, yeah, Arkansas had a good run. I mean, they got – Boston's a great coach. They've got a great staff down there. And, you know, they, they did what they had to do um, to survive in advance. But, you know, sometimes you just run into a better team. So, good run for Arkansas, something to build on. They're going to get a lot of their players back next year. And uh, you got to be looking forward to that if you're a Razorback fan. You know, let's talk a little bit about the Oral Roberts journey again. They didn't make it to play today, but I think we saw how good of a team Oral Roberts was in this tournament. And also, let's talk a little bit about Ohio State. Certainly did not expect them to fall flat on their face early on. Well, you know, at first it was, oh, man, this is uh, Ohio State playing bad. This is Ohio State choking. And then you kind of learn about Oral Roberts and how they have some of the best scores in the country, and they have the highest score in the country. 
and they're a team that can beat you in different ways. They push the tempo, but again, it's Oral Roberts, you know, unless you're unless you're digging deep into the uh, unless you're digging deep into the uh, the archives, you're not going to think about Oral Roberts. And then they come back out and they beat Florida. So it wasn't a fluke just to beat Ohio State. They said, we're not done there. We're going to make it to the Sweet 16. And uh, it was a Cinderella story that obviously came up a little short. I believe they got blown out by either Creighton or um, a Big East team. But, you know, that's what we love about this tournament. There's always that team that kind of surprises people and makes makes a little bit of a run. And, 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 and everybody gets on board and adopts them um, as their Cinderella story. And, you know, we see that once a year. You know, a couple of years ago it was Liberty. A couple of years ago it was obviously UNBC when they knocked off number one Virginia. Uh, we see Norfolk State do this. Florida Gulf Coast comes to mind as the other 15 seed that's made it to the Sweet 16. So, um, yeah, that's, that's, that's fun. Um, their head coach is, is a disciple of Scott Drew, who's obviously having a lot of success at Baylor. Same with Abilene Christian. Their head coach uh, came from the coaching tree of Scott Drew. Um, I'm a big Scott Drew guy, being from Valpo and where I grew up. So, um, yeah, uh, just just great to see some of that stuff and, and, and those kids having so much fun. Yeah, Oral Roberts got beat in a really close game with Arkansas there in in the the Sweet 16. Another team that got hot, and you know a lot of people had eyes on, and that was Oregon State. We saw uh, Tennessee Volunteers actually uh, not do as well as as one would anticipated they would have done early on in the round. We watched that that game relatively closely here, uh, but Oregon State Beavers they went on to have a relatively good tournament. Yeah, I saw Oregon State play twice in person, right? So I saw him play against uh, Loyola, which was probably the most boring game in the tournament. It was it was a drag it out without Loyola. You know, everybody thought, okay, Loyola set up to go to the Final Four, um, you know, yada, yada, yada. But, you know, Oregon State had a great run, and, and their co- head coach Tinkle um, is a great coach. He knows how to get it done. Um, and, you know, Bill, at one point, Bill Walton's bracket of five Pac-12 teams in the Final Four was looking pretty good. So – um, Oregon State, great run. Another one of those teams that got hot in their conference tournament that nobody saw coming, and they took that success and doubled it down into the NCAA tournament. Um, it was unfortunate because I think, I, if I'm not mistaken, they um, were, were kicked out of their hotel, so to speak, from the NCAA as soon as they lost that game at, like, midnight because the NCAA did their booking. And then um, I don't know if you read this, but um, – their play-by-play guy was mugged on the on the canal downtown. So uh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, that a, absolutely. So much noise as Oregon State was making on the court, it seemed like there was a couple things off the court that uh, you know didn't yeah. really go in their favor. But 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 certainly kudos to them. Talking with Tony Donahue from the Tony D podcast. Tony, appreciate you jumping on with us today. Who's going to be here on Monday night, and who's cutting down the net? Yeah, I mean. Time we've talked about this. It's, it's, I'm not going to believe Gonzaga's losing until I see it, you know, with my own eyes. So um, until somebody can prove yeah. that they're better, it's going to be Gonzaga. But but again, I can't wait for this Baylor Houston game. I think both teams match up well. Um, they they beat you the same way with rebounding, three point shooting, and these are two teams that can go on runs real quick. You know, Houston is a team that yeah they let Oregon State crawl back into that game and they only won by six, but in that first quarter, or that first half, and the same thing is what they did against Syracuse. That first half, they just absolutely put put the throttle down. So I think the key for Houston tonight is just to get off to a good start. Um, get off to a good start and see what happens. 
um, stay focused, stay, stay in the rhythm. And Baylor, Baylor's going to run you up and down, and Baylor's going to try to knock you in the mouth early. So um, it should be one hell of a heavyweight battle. And, uh, you know, also looking forward to seeing if UCLA can hang around. It's definitely going to be uh, fun game, games to watch. Uh, real quickly here, uh, Tony, we saw some news break out of North Carolina on Thursday. I'm always hesitant about uh, falling for clickbait on April Fool's Day, but apparently it was yeah. no April Fool's joke. Uh, Larry Brown finally calls it uh, to retire there at the University of North Carolina, and we, we could talk for hours about the legend of, of Larry Brown, but uh, what, do you, what do you think about his retirement announcement? Yeah, I mean Roy Williams is just is, is a great coach. What he did at Kansas, I said, to be able to I said, I said, I said Larry Brown, and I meant Roy Williams because I was making reference to the article that I looked at. My apologies. Go right ahead. It's too early in the morning. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're thinking ahead to the question. Um, I mean, great career. Uh, didn't really have the last couple of years at North Carolina that we think that he would probably um, that we would probably. Um, you know, that he would probably want towards the end of his career, but um, successful everywhere he went and um, one of the best coaches you'll ever see, um, which is the exact opposite of what he left at Kansas with Bill Self not being, um, you know, Bill Self getting renewed, but Bill Self's a guy that's been been cheating. So um, maybe that's why Roy Williams left Kansas behind, but we'll see who the next coach is in the target. So let's play it on the Homer card here real quick. Obviously, IU decided to part ways with Archie Miller. Uh, he's certainly uh, got his contract uh, bought out. He'll end up somewhere. They end up hiring Mike Woodson, obviously former Bobby Knight player and most recently a uh, a, a Brooklyn Nets assistant, I believe. Uh, what are your thoughts on that hire? And there's also been some changes in the front office as well uh, for IU. So certainly a lot of expectations with Mike Woodson. Uh, what are your thoughts? <clears throat> He's an NBA caliber guy. He's a guy that's going to bring in uh, maybe those recruits that you have been looking for at IU to maybe be successful and to be a guy that can bring an NBA type talent to IU because that's really what they're looking for. It's guys that that they know can come in, play, and and maybe stay for more than just one year and before they go to the NBA. So I do like the Mike Woodson hire. Um, we'll see how that plays out over the next couple uh, couple of months. That's for sure. And We'll see how he feels out of his, his coaching staff. Tony, we appreciate you joining us and, and taking some time with us today. We look forward to, to recapping this uh, uh, championship game this weekend later on. Uh, Tony, where can people find your work at Masterpieces, sir? At Tony D. Indy on Twitter, the Tony D. Podcast. Check it out, and we'll talk next week. Thanks, Tony. Have a great one. You too. Take care. Tony Donahue with the Tony D Podcast joining us, helping us break down the brackets and the journey of how we got to the Final Four. Great game coming up later this afternoon, 514 Eastern Time here in Indianapolis. It's going to be Baylor and Houston, and it's going to be one that we're going to be paying close, close attention to as the first team enters the championship game to be played on Monday. 917-889-8516 is our digits. We've got Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles, and SI.com, our official NFL contributor on the other side, going to be breaking down the 2021 draft.
Air National Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family, so the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. When you don't go to geico.com, car insurance can be confusing. Like, Swedish techno confusing. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Dance with me, purple cow. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Ooh, you lovely cow. Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to geico.com and you can save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike, you know. Dance with me, purple cow. I like your mood. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be hard. Like early 90s heavy metal hard. I'm yelling and screaming and I'm loud. Roar. Geico makes it easy. You can review and update your policy or report a claim on Geico.com or the Geico mobile app. Because shouldn't we all have a little less stress in our lives? I'm not even upset about anything. Oh, hi. Uh, hey. Seen on the board, do you guys have Black Rifle coffee here? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. We only carry good small batch coffee here. Well, it is great small batch coffee. Well, that really can't be unless it's fresh roasted. So, um, you know. Well, it is fresh roasted. I don't, I don't think you know what that means. You know what this is? This is Masa Lequois Piquet, which, of course, in the Indonesian language... Oh, let me finish. In the Indonesian language, it's weasel coffee. You just made that up. No, it's been passed through their digestive tract. That's disgusting. And then it's nature's wet processing. Yeah, but is it good? I mean, it's all right. Are they investor philanthropists? Do they support good causes? Yeah, tons of causes. Veterans causes and first responder causes. But it doesn't matter because they make good coffee. So that's what I'm wondering. Do you have any? You know what? Actually, I'm, I'm just going to order it. They make it fresh and roasted. Okay. Right. Black Rifle Coffee. It's good. to the balance. My name is Tom Mark with El Presidente settling in here to our second half of the show. Thank you, Tony Donahue, Tony D podcast breaking down. Then March Madness, 
uh, bracket busters that's happened here in Indianapolis. Obviously, the Final Four starts today right here in Indianapolis. Uh, Gonzaga and UCLA and Houston and Baylor. We'll see who will uh, be in the championship game and who will be cutting down the nets. Hopefully, you're having some of your black rifle coffee. I know I am. Blackbeard's misery. I got my Blackbeard misery hat last week, so that's pretty cool. It's actually pretty unique. I was at the cigar store, and so I was like, hey, I like that Blackbeard's hat. I had no idea about Black uh, Rifle, but I talked with him about Black Rifle. But the thing about it, what's great about it is you buy a bag, you give a bag. And so uh, you, you could give it to your, your first responders or to active duty troops. I have a friend who's in the Navy, and his son, their son is uh, uh, deployed and on the ship. All they serve is uh, Black Rifle uh, coffee. Joining us now, Ed Crashbeat, writer for the Philadelphia Eagles and SI.com. How are you, sir? I am doing great, uh, Tom. Very good. How you doing? Fantastic. Hey, it's, it's uh, Final Four weekend here in Indianapolis. A lot going on. I wanted to bring you on today, though, to talk a little bit about the NFL uh, draft and what's going on with that. Certainly big news as it relates to uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. Why don't you talk with us about the huge blockbuster deal that took place that involved you uh, the in the Dolphins in, a, in, a, in what we would consider a pretty awesome trade deal to the advantage of the Eagles? Yeah, and the 49ers were in that deal, too, and it was all contingent on the uh, 49ers being able to move up from the number 12 pick to the number 3 pick with the Dolphins. So the Dolphins moved back to 12, and, um, you know, it had been a deal that the Dolphins and Eagles discussed if it were to happen, if the Dolphins were able to make it happen with the Niners, which they were, then the Eagles were signing off on the deal of moving uh, back from the number 6 spot to the Dolphins place at number 12 and then the Dolphins vault back up to number six and got a, another first round pick in the 2022 draft, which could conceivably give them three first rounders in 2022, depending of course on the Colts as Carson Wentz and how many snaps he ends up playing this season. Um, if he meets that quota, I think it's 70% of the snaps and the Colts make the playoffs or 75% of the snaps and they don't then the Eagles get Indianapolis's first-round pick next next year. If Wentz does not meet those benchmarks, then the Eagles still get the second-round pick of Indianapolis next year. So they would conceivably, at minimum, have four picks in the first two rounds next year. But, you know, this was a move this year, obviously, that puts them out of the top ten and um, puts them at 12. So that probably takes them out of any running for a quarterback um, they seem intent on going with Jalen Hurts as their QB1 uh, this year. And it also takes them out of the hunt for Kyle Pitts and Jamar Chase, the two fantastic offensive weapons, one from Florida, one from LSU. Uh, but I think they did it with the thinking in mind that Pitts was going to go number four to the Falcons and Chase was going to go number five to the Bengals and reunite him with uh, Joe Burrow. I know Joe Burrow has been – uh, you know, in the Bengals management's ear about, you know, getting Jamar Chase, his old teammate. They won a national title together in 2019, and that might be too tempting for Cincinnati to pick up. So the Eagles figured, well, if neither of those guys are going to be there, we're comfortable with the talent level between 6 and 12, but why not go ahead and pick up a first-round pick in 2022 uh, and, and, you know, still be in good position to strike with a good prospect at number 12. Hi, caller. Who's this? 
Hi, my name's Frank. Uh, I'm just uh, really glad you guys took my call. I, uh, I, I greatly appreciate it. I just had some comments I want to make. Sure, go right ahead. Go right ahead. Sure, sure. Well, uh, I want to say I, I got to tell you I love listening to your show. Um, you guys are you guys you know you guys are knowledgeable. Thank you. you guys, you know, you guys really uh, make it happen. You have some pretty high profile guests like this gentleman today. Uh, so I think that's really neat. Um, I just wanted to say, and I think you're going to end up on a bigger platform one day. I think. Uh, you know, I think um, I, just, I just got a feeling you're going to move on to bigger and better things. And, uh, you know, I'm actually a football coach myself. I'm actually starting a uh, sports oh, foundation. Um, you know, oh, so uh, it's, yeah, it's really terrific. We're, um, you know, and it's, it's, uh, it's actually called the Jerry Sandusky Foundation. And um, our motto is okay. put our energy in you. And, um, and it's just, you know, I, I appreciate your guys' support for the Jerry Sandusky Foundation. Um, you know, and, and, and your guys' um, appreciation for all things Sandusky. Uh, so, you know, I just really appreciate you guys. Okay. Um, I appreciate, you know. appreciate you taking the, t- the, appreciate you taking the time and, and uh, we'll stay in touch with you. Yeah. Balance Sports Show and Jerry Sandusky uh, organization are really, you know, I think are, uh, are just, you know, I, I think are one and the same. And, um, I think having your show having ties to the Jerry Sandusky Foundation is just terrific. So, uh, okay. Know, I just want All right. to thank, thank you, you Color. Have a good day. Uh, yeah. I just want to say thank you. Yeah. And uh, thank you. Okay, Ed, are you there? Yeah, still here. Um, I got to say, I'm kind of at lost at words on that. I'm not exactly. That came out of nowhere. The beauty of live live radio, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Are you familiar with I think No, I think you might want to disassociate yourself from the Jerry Sand- Sandusky Foundation. That's why I was like, is. I'm trying to I have yeah. no interest in that whatsoever. Yeah. And I, I I'll tell you what, we we need to have a, an appropriate color screener, but we 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 just don't have that yet. So that's on me. I apologize, Ed. I thought I saw the area code, and I and it was there in Pennsylvania area. So I actually thought this was a call that has to talk about the Eagles. So I owe you a beer, there, yeah. Ed. Several of them. Yeah, okay. <laughs> no worries. So, yeah, yeah, interesting, interesting time. Uh, yeah, I mean, we could talk yeah, about the Penn State yeah, absolutely. They have a couple of good ones. Um, you sure, know, go right ahead. Uh, Micah, well, Micah Parsons, the linebacker. It's going to be interesting to see where he goes. I've seen him in the top ten. I've seen him as low as you know eighteen. You know, but he's a great off, you know, off the ball type of a linebacker who can you know cover. He can blitz. He can tackle. I mean, he's a terrific. Uh, player, no doubt, he opted out last year, but 2019 for itself. And then they have a, a defensive end who seems to be climbing his way into the first round, late first round. The pass rusher Jason Oway, who didn't have any sacks last year uh, in the seven games Penn State played, but uh, really tested great at his pro day and really ran and and lifted and jumped and did all those you know drills that they do at these pro days like they would have done at the combine. Uh, had there been one, but, uh, you know, so they have two prospects that could go top their first round, I should say, in, in Parsons and Oway. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll see. And then they have a great tight, a, a, a very good tight end, uh, Pat Fryermuth, who probably will go in the second round. So, you know, the, the Penn State, you know, has some players this year. 
Let's go ahead and just kind of talk through some of the, the people on the board and who, who teams might be looking at. Obviously, Jacksonville Jaguars have the number one pick, and you would think that they're going to be looking at that junior from uh, Clemson and Trevor Lawrence, uh, but a lot of people are thinking that, that they might trade this. That's Jacksonville. You never know. I think that that should not be something that they should even be considering, but that is something that I kind of saw on social media this week that they might look for a trade on that. Who in the world would trade up for uh, if you've got Trevor Lawrence on uh, ready to go in your number one slot? Yeah, and the Jacksonville Jaguars need a quarterback, and, you know, he's the presumed best of the lot. You know, he's got the most experience, I think, of any of the quarterbacks that are uh, out there, you know, among the Zach Wilsons, Trey Lance's, Mac Jones, Justin Fields. I mean, Trevor Lawrence has played in a lot of college games at a high level at Clemson. And, uh, you know, I, I think Urban Meyer kind of said that's the direction they're going. They're going to take Lawrence. And they've got so many picks as it is. I think the Jaguars have 10 picks. I mean, I don't, you know, I mean, obviously you'd be probably trading for a number one pick next year and maybe beyond that. But I think they stay put and they just take me who who is the most accomplished quarterback in this draft and that's trevor lawrence i mean they'd be foolish uh to, to do otherwise let's talk a little bit about the philadelphia eagles you guys are coming in at the number 12 pick uh, a lot of people are, are saying that you guys are looking at Devonte uh, smith wide receiver from alabama uh what are your thoughts at the eagles of the number 12 pick yeah, you know, this is a weird draft. I mean, there there's a lot of offensive players. I mean, you know, you could see the first eight picks being for the offense, depending on where the quarterbacks go. You know, uh, there could be five quarterbacks among the top eight players taken. And then you look at Pitts and Chase and, and the Penny Sewell, the, uh, the offensive tackle from Oregon. I mean, you know, these are all players that could be gone in the first eight picks, and the draft has never – We've never seen a draft like that. Uh, I know back, you know, a couple of lifetimes ago, I think it was 1991, they had six first – the first six picks in the draft were for the defense. Um, you know, so that's really the closest any draft has come to having one side of the ball dominate the early picks of the draft, and we could see that happen this year with the offense. So I, I guess my point is, is where that leaves the Eagles is that could put them in play for one of the top defenders in this class. Um, I know that Devontae Smith and even Jalen Waddell have been mentioned as picks for the Eagles, and that would reunite either of those guys with Jalen Hurts uh, in Philadelphia. You know, they played together at Alabama uh, before Hurts left for the one year at Oklahoma. Um, so, that you know, in that regard, it makes sense. And, you know, you want Hurts to be successful in his first year as a starter. So, yeah, I can understand the traction for an offensive player being being picked here. Um, but I, you know, to me, this is a defense Philadelphia has that really doesn't scare a lot of people. Uh, they gave up, I think, 26 or seven points per game last year. They have nobody to play cornerback other than Darius Slay. I know they tried Avante Maddox there last year, but, you know, he had some shortcomings. I don't think they want to run it back with him on the outside. Um, you know, their defensive line, you know, they had to cut Malik Jackson. It's getting older with Fletcher Cox, 30. Brandon Graham today turns 33 on the defensive end. So, to me, it makes sense to pick a defensive guy at number 12. Uh, and, and they'll have, like I said, if, if this draft unfolds the way I think it will and eight offensive guys are off the board, they'll have their pick uh, of some of the best defensive talent in this draft. And I think that is the direction they'll go is on the defensive side of the ball. And who that will be, I mean, I, they need a cornerback. I mean, I know they're in love with J.C. Horn. They sent – uh, their defensive backs coach to South Carolina's pro day, Denard Wilson, who was one of the five 
assistant NFL coaches that were working uh, the drills for the players that day at South Carolina. So you know he fell in love with J.C. Horn, whose father, of course, was Joe Horn, NFL pass catcher for uh, 12 years. Uh, Patrick Sertain, of course, in Florida, whose dad was another great NFL defensive back. And, you know, Sertain certainly uh, is someone they could look at or they could uh, look linebacker. Like I said, maybe Micah Parsons is still hanging around from Penn State, but the Eagles don't typically value linebackers in the first round. But, you know, this is a new scheme, obviously, a new staff with Nick Suriani coming over from Indianapolis, bringing Jonathan Gannon from Indianapolis with him. Gannon was renowned for, uh, you know, molding defensive backs through his assistantship through the years. So uh, now he's the defensive coordinator. He, I'm sure they love in Indianapolis what Darius Leonard has brought to that defensive linebacker. So maybe they say, you know what, let's, let's go find us a, a playmaking linebacker um, and, and go get him. Or, or maybe they go cornerback because of Gannon's background with cornerback. So, you know, there's a lot of thought and play on that side of the ball, but I think it will be that side of the ball, the defense is what I'm talking about. So we'll see. Okay, Ed, we're going to try this again. We'll, we'll hopefully this this is a better better one. Hi, caller, who's this? Uh, hi, my name's Ed. Uh, hey, look, you guys, I, I, y'all are all right, but, um, and, and I don't normally call in, but what is this that y'all are associated with the Jerry Sandusky Foundation, and how long has that been going on? We're not. We're, because we're I not. Gonna, we're I mean, we're I'm not. Against you. I, I just couldn't believe my ears. I thought y'all were. I thought y'all were squared away. Okay, we've obviously got something going on with our Twitter. We'll have a, uh, our social media director handle that on Twitter uh, and, and figure out how we got somehow got associated through Twitter probably with the Jerry Sandusky Foundation. All right, Ed, it's one of those days, buddy. Sorry, right, let's, let's yeah, move I thought forward. April, I thought April Fool's Day was a few days ago. I don't know where he's uh, – you know, we Even if we did a – even if we did April Fool's joke, it would not be that at all. So let me just put this out there right now because clearly this is uh, something that's going on Twitter. We are not associated with anything to do with the Jerry Sandusky Foundation. Didn't even know there was such a thing. And we'll make sure we get that put out there. But let's just make sure that everybody knows our social media director, Melissa, will take care of that, that we have nothing to do with that, and we'll, we'll, get, all that <laughs> we'll get all that fixed. Ed, man, it's supposed to be yeah. Easter weekend, right? It's, right. it's, it's every, Happy bring the, the good out of that. <laughs> That's right. Any big plans for the Easter weekend? Not really, no. Probably just going to, you know, go to my sister's on Sunday and, you know, just uh, have, have a meal with her, probably sit outside. It's supposed to be beautiful here in the Philadelphia nice. area. It's nice today. Um, so, yeah, probably just enjoy that, uh, you know. Yeah. Enjoy the games today, the final four games there from Indianapolis. And I know the baseball season just started up, you know, so I'm excited for that. There's actually fans in the stands and MLB games. I love it. Um, you know, so probably watch a little Phillies baseball and cement, you know, the college final four and maybe the Sixers uh, on Saturday night. We'll see. Well, I, I, I can tell you what, I, one of the most exciting things is to see fans back in the stands and, and uh, yeah. you know, as cute as it was to see those uh, paper cutouts of the baseball games, of course, I'm ready to start with, uh, in with my um, 
my St. Louis uh, Cardinals as well. So I'm all ready uh, for the baseball season to get there. Let's talk a little bit about the, the free agency and how it, it kind of panned out and talk with us, kind of give us a recap, not necessarily with the Eagles, but maybe what are some of the takeaways that you saw in the free agency? Obviously, one of the biggest ones was that, that we acquired Carson Wentz from Philadelphia, and I, I think he'll, he'll do great here. And I, I know that he's got a, the support of a lot of fans. T.Y. Hilton uh, signed for a, a one more year, so we need to – uh, get uh, somebody in place for that uh, spot as well. But uh, the NFL free agency 2021, what are your thoughts? Well, it was funny to see the New England Patriots go out and uh, spend all the money that they did. You know, they got stung last year when Tom Brady won a Super Bowl while they sat at home during the playoffs, an unfamiliar place for uh, Bill Belichick and his gang there in New England. So, you know, the Patriots go out and spend, you know, gazillion dollars on free agency to try to get back into, you know, this, uh, into the conversation of winning a Super Bowl. And, um, you know, I've pointed out before that the biggest, you know, the biggest winners in March don't necessarily translate into the, you know, the Super Bowl winner in February. So it'll be interesting to see how all the, the money that New England spent, if that makes them, you know, relevant again, if you will. I, I know, you know, one year is, could be a blip on the screen and they're back in the playoffs, but uh, you know, they need to get that quarterback situation figured out there still. And they haven't done that. I mean, I know they brought Cam Newton back. Good luck with that. You know, I think we saw that last year, you know, he's kind of on the decline uh, quite a bit here. Now maybe he rebounds and does well, but you know, New England's got to get that figured out. And uh, another big player of course was the, you know, within the NFC East, the New York giants, you know, they spent a ton of money on a, on a cornerback and a Dore Jackson, who was a former number one pick for the Titans. He didn't quite pan out down there and uh, they didn't pick up his uh, final year of his contract. So the giants came in and are paying him, you know, 13 million a year. I know he was supposed to visit Philadelphia after going to New York. He, he was supposed to take a trip down the Jersey turnpike, come see the Eagles, but New York never let him out of town. So uh, they signed him. They signed the lions receiver, Kenny Galladay. Uh, you know, they've made some noise in the draft. They have the 11th pick. So the Giants, you know, to me, are, you know, someone that's trying to make the playoffs for the first time in many years. I mean, they've kind of been an irrelevant franchise uh, toward the end of Eli Manning's career. They never really did a whole lot after uh, winning the Super Bowl uh, back in, I don't know what year that was, but they beat the Patriots maybe in 2012 or maybe 13, I think it was. But anyway, uh, the, the Giants made some nice moves in free agency. And like you mentioned, the Colts acquiring Wentz in a trade. And I think another big thing in free agency was the Cowboys signing Dak Prescott to a long-term deal. You know, he's not going to play on the franchise tag. Um, you know, so he's he's coming back to Dallas for the next, you know, five years at least. Uh, and then, you know, some other news out of free agency was Deshaun Watson, the quarterback in Texas, who uh, was supposed to probably be traded. I mean, I think the Texans admitted they were trying to trade him when everything kind of uh, went south in terms of his legal situation with, uh, you know, all these claims of, uh, you know, these massage therapists being assaulted by him. We'll see where that goes. Uh-huh. Um, you know, that was kind of big news. And, and Russell Wilson still in Seattle where everybody thought, you know, he might get traded and maybe he still will. But, uh, you know, right now Russell Wilson is in Seattle and um, we'll see. I don't think, you know, we've, we've kind of seen the end of some of these blockbuster moves. You know, we, the draft is coming up in less than four weeks and we could still see some, you know, some surprise moves by some teams. And, and even on draft weekend, we could see some trading of some, you know, important players. So, um, you know, I don't think we're done yet with, 
you know, this free agency trade portion, even as we get ready for the draft to start in, you know, three and a half weeks. Yeah, you mentioned that Deshaun Watson. We had just another complaint come out on Tuesday, and I know on Friday his attorneys issued a statement saying that they're uh, willing to fully cooperate and so forth and so forth. They face a 21 civil uh, lawsuits alleging uh, uh, misconduct or and or sexual assault during massage sessions. You know, and a lot of people, I, I want to make this uh, the separation, if you will. And you've been around the locker room for a long time. Football players use massage. They they have a lot of massages done, typically by the same person, uh, and they're with them for many, many years. I mean, like Tom Brady's uh, guy, same guy has been with him for many, many years. This situation with Deshaun Watson has nothing to do with football injuries. It has to do uh, with those those spots that we we know about uh, that are around and and basically those is linked to a lot of different things and unfortunately I'm not making any accusations to it not to be true just to to support what we we don't we know that this has nothing to do with football that this has everything to do uh, with perhaps maybe some sort of uh, prostitution uh, going on and so. Does Deshaun Watson recover from this, even if it's proven that he he files? I mean, it, there's one part of it that says maybe you know that these uh, massage people are, are just looking for a, a, you know a payout, get a settlement, and call it a day. Uh, but you know, there again, does he recover from something like this? Well, yeah. so, you know, I really don't know the answer to that. I, I know that you know there are two sides of the street. When it comes to situations like this, one side is the NF, uh, the legal justice. Obviously, that has to run its course. And the other side of the street is the NFL justice. You know, what what will the NFL uh, choose to do? Will they suspend him? Will they find? I mean, what what will Roger Goodell uh, decide to do with Deshaun Watson? Uh, you know, I think first though that legal system has to run its course and see what comes out of that, and then I think the NFL will have to decide um, what they're going to do. Uh, and I think we're still kind of so early in this process. I, you know, I don't think Deshaun Watson is going to have his um, this whole thing ironed out before the draft starts. So I don't see the Texans trading him, or, you know, before the draft or during the draft. You know, this is going to have to run its course. But, you know, the, the Texans have brought in, uh, you know, Tyrod Taylor and uh, I think Ryan Lindley, uh, as quarterbacks this year, I, I've heard now that they're talking to Alex Smith uh, potentially coming in. Uh, so mm-hmm. they're they're poised to kind of move on. Yeah, they're they're they seem to be in a position of moving on from Deshaun Watson at this point. But if you're another team, I mean, why would you trade for someone until this whole thing is straightened out? Especially with you know what Houston's going to want in return uh, for him. So. Uh, this isn't good for Deshaun, obviously. The Texans seem like they're moving on while he's in legal limbo, and who knows how long it's going to take to sort all that legality out. So the 49ers say that Jimmy Garoppolo does have a price, and they are willing to go to market with him, but the price is pretty pretty hefty, and that is at least one first-round uh, pick. Uh, does the 49ers find uh, a spot with a with, – I guess the better way to – word this question is there any team that's going to give up a first round for Jimmy Garoppolo 
Well, I, I, you know, look, the Eagles got a potential first rounder for Carson Wentz, and they got the Colts' third round pick this year. I mean, I guess anything is possible. Um, I think Wentz is better than Garoppolo. He certainly has a better uh, track record, in my opinion. So uh, I, I don't know. I mean, it only takes one to say, yeah, God, we need a quarterback. We got to go get one, and a team becomes desperate. Um, they didn't get one in the draft that they liked. And they're like, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll give up a one for Garoppolo. Maybe that's even after the draft. Maybe it's the number one next year. I don't know. But, uh, I, you know, it only takes one team to feel desperate at that position uh, to get, you know, what the 49ers want. I don't think Garoppolo, you know, I think he's an average quarterback, uh, sometimes an above average quarterback. I'm not sure he's worth a one, but um, but we'll see. I mean, and it's the same with the Jets. You know, the Jets are, are peddling Sam Darnold and, People thought, well, we'll get a one for him, but nobody's going to give you a one for Sam Darnold either. I mean, they're they're talking in New York about being comfortable getting a third round pick back, and you know we'll see if they get that. So, you know <laughs> that that's the problem with trying to get a one for Garoppolo is there's these other quarterbacks, you know, that are you know perceived to be out there like Darnold, and you know maybe Deshaun, maybe Russell Wilson. Uh, I, I don't know, but uh, you know it's going to be tough for them to get a one, I think, for Garoppolo. We've been talking with Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles, SI.com, and our official NFL contributor. Talking about the NFL uh, free agency and also talking about the NFL upcoming NFL draft. Comings and goings with that. It's Final Four weekend here in Indianapolis. We've got Gonzaga and UCLA, and we've got the uh, Houston Cougars and Baylor uh, kicking off, uh, tipping off at 5:14 here in Indianapolis. So it should be a great day uh, for some March Madness, and hopefully your brackets aren't broken all the way. Uh, what are you working on, Ed? Where can people find your work at Master Pizza, sir? Well, just covering the draft. I've been sitting in a lot of these pro days that teams are having. Um, uh-huh. I know Oregon is going to make Penny Sewell available on Monday, but I've been just talking to prospects and coaches and, um, you know, trying to formulate, you know, draft ideas. And uh, you can find my work at, at tw- on Twitter at Kratz, E-K-R-A-C-Z-E, or uh, hit me up on um, SI.com slash NFL slash Eagles, and that gives you all the Eagles stuff. And, uh, just kind of hard at work, uh, you know, getting ready for the draft. I can't believe it's almost here, to be honest. Just another, you know, three and a half weeks. It really, really That's came up crazy, quick. Huh? Well, hopefully this next year will be a lot better than the in the prior year. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, Roger Goodell's hoping that there's full, um, you know, full stadiums this fall. I really hope he's right. Well, I'd love to see it, but uh, we still have some hurdles to clear with this. Man, that would be. Thing and- that would be. Yeah. Well, you know, we were uh, talking earlier in the uh, other segment earlier that, you know, the Indianapolis 500 and Roger Pinsky, which owns the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, is fully anticipates all fans in the stands. So, and I know that the, this mass uh, vaccinations are going on there at Indianapolis Motor Speedway. They've had the drive throughs Lucas Oils having some mass um, uh, vaccinations going on. And now we're just to the point pretty much where anybody can get a vaccination. So let's hope that that it all come, comes together. Did you get Did you get yours? Uh, yeah, I've had both shots. Yeah, I had the Moderna round one in February, round two a few weeks ago, and uh, you know I know people are hesitant, but listen, you know I I think you know I feel fine, I feel good, you know. Uh, why not do it? You know, if it's available, why not? Um, I know some people are hesitant, but listen, uh, you know, I believe in it. Yeah. You know, I, I got the shots. I, I feel fine. Right. I felt fine. And I, I feel a lot more safe when I go out, to be honest. So, um, 
I think it's great. I really hope that people decide to do it and we're back, you know, kind of without this mask thing by, you know, early 2022, maybe, I don't know, hopefully even sooner. Um, but yeah, I got mine. Did you get yours? I have not. And I, I fall on the sword on that, but I work from home. And so, you know, I, I don't go out as much as other people do sometimes uh, during the week just because I work from home. And uh, so, you know, I, I, my, my trips out are limited to, you know, the grocery store to the liquor store to back to the liquor store. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Alyssa, our social media director, she's also in education. She's had both of her shops and had no issues at all with it. So mm-hmm. I anticipate I might I might head down to Lucas and get mine there. Uh, so yeah, I fully anticipate having it done here here soon. That's for sure. All right, Ed, we yeah. appreciate you uh, today as always. We hope you have a great Easter. Enjoy your time with your family. Thanks, Tom. Happy Easter to you and yours too. All righty, bye bye. Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles, SI.com, and our official NFL contributor, Tony Donahue, also joined us, Tony D Podcast, breaking down March Madness uh, brackets. We're not even going to address the other things that were talked about today. We are not going to acknowledge that, and I, I will – we will deal with that on the other end. So that won't even be acknowledged. Uh, make sure you do follow us at, on at T balance and on Facebook, the balance. My name is Tom Marcus El Presidente. Let's see what happens here at final four here in Indianapolis today, Gonzaga and UCLA and Houston and Baylor. Let's see what happens. Who's going to be in the big game on Monday and who's going to cut down the, the net. It's all coming clear. We'll see you right around the bend right here on the balance radio on the network. Don't drink and drive. It ain't cool. I'm out of here. Deuces.